Those of you who understand what it is to have been found by that amazing, never-ending, reckless love of God, you know what that's about. Those of you who have not experienced that, you've not been found by that yet, um, He's coming after you. And it will change your life in a way that you could never imagine. Um, Last week, we're done now. No. (laughs) It was either that or the big hook comes out and pulls me up. Last week, um, began a series on heaven, and um, we're, we have to kind of set things up because it's a, it's a big deal. We talked about how um, we're supposed to think about certain things as a follower of Jesus. When you think about those things, it will improve everything in your life, but it will improve your mental health. It will just be a great thing. We talked about thinking about Jesus. We talked about thinking about others, and we talked about thinking about eternity. And how we need to do that. If you were here last week, you remember there was three boxes here, the urgent, not urgent, and then we brought out the after I'm dead box. And too many people put heaven and eternity in that after I'm I'm dead box. That's when I'll think about it. Um, And we suggested that we need to have heaven in the urgent box. We need to be thinking about that every single day. Now, I know that in order to do that, you need to have some answers, You need to know a little bit about heaven because if we don't know anything about it, if somebody says, I can't imagine anything about it, you'll never think about it. The Bible doesn't give us all the answers, but it gives us a lot of them. It gives us a lot of hints and clues and different things. And I know that a lot of people are looking for answers. So here's what we're going to do today. When I think of questions, um, you probably know, and even if you don't think you do, you will after I say it, know what these six basic questions are. Used to be five, now it's six basic questions. There's five W's and an H. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. So we're going to kind of look at that today, and I'm going to answer or at least touch on a few of those six questions this week and then a few next week. The first one is the who. So when we think about heaven, who's there? Who's there? The first person we think of who's there is obviously God because it's his home. He made it, however, for us, because God's everywhere. He's everywhere at all times. And although the Bible does talk about it being his home throughout the Bible, it's called the dwelling place of God, the house of God. It's called the city of God. 31 times Jesus calls it the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, actually. It's where God not only lives, but he rules. So that's one of the things we need to be thinking of. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 123.1. Lord, I look up to you, up to heaven where you rule. So the psalmist is saying, God's in heaven, he rules. It's where God lives and where God rules. So it's pretty obvious. I know that's not a shock to anybody. Oh, really? God's going to be in heaven? I knew you probably knew that. Um, the, next, the next group that will be in heaven are angels. Now, I'm going to say this. Everybody look up here. Very important. We are not angels. I know you are not an angel. You never were and you never will be angels, ever. There are angels and there are people. And they are two completely different things. So I understand the sentiment and I don't need you correcting somebody when they say, oh, heaven gained another angel. No, they didn't. (laughs) If the person knew Jesus, they gained another uh, occupant of heaven, but they didn't gain another angel. 
You're not an angel now, and you won't be then. That's just how it works, okay? We'll talk about angels sometime. We'll do a whole series on angels so you get that. But angels are different. God created them for a different purpose. But they will be there. All throughout the Bible, it mentions the angels in heaven. Although they can come and go at God's bidding, it's also possible, based on some scripture, that you may have one who will escort you to heaven when you die. And that's kind of where they get the idea of the whole guardian angel thing. And I know some of you, if, if, if you have a guardian angel, he's probably sweating most of the time, <laughs> thinking, you're trying to get there way too soon, man. Slow down. And more often than not, today they're saying, stop texting while you drive. That's what your angel is saying to you. Angels all throughout the Bible are called the host of heaven or the armies of heaven. Jesus mentions them when he's talking about end time stuff, when he's talking about heaven stuff, when he's talking about um, the fact that he was going to return one day and that nobody knew when he was going to return. Here's what he said in Mark 13, 32. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven. And this, is, this blows my mind. I do not understand this at all. Or the son himself. Jesus said, I don't even know when I'm coming back. It's like, okay, he's God. He knows everything. But he doesn't know when he's coming back. I, I'm not going to explain that because I have no idea how that works. He said, only the father knows. That day we talked about, remember last week when the father says, okay, go get your bride. That's what he says to Jesus. We, you have to listen last week to, uh, to last week's message to pick up all that. But the angels are in heaven. They can come and go. They can come here. I, I, I believe with all my heart that I, I have been allowed a couple times to see them. And I didn't know at the time I was seeing them. But afterwards, it's like, oh, and the Bible says, be careful because you may be entertaining angels unaware. And we don't know that. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of us who are going to get to heaven and there's going to be an angel walk up to you or fly up to you, however they do it. They can do both. And, and say, you remember that time when? And you'll say, yeah. And you'll look at them and you'll go, oh. But they come and go. They, they're, they're in heaven. So God is there. The angels are there. And all the saved people are there. All believers of all time. I'm going to go into this a little more at the end of the message today when we get to the how today. So just hang on to that. So anyhow, all believers, that means heaven will be a place of great reunion. If someone you've lost knows Jesus, they'll be there. That brings me to someone else who'll be there. Obviously, Jesus will be there. As we saw last week, he's gone ahead to prepare a place for us. John 14, the first four verses, Jesus says, and remember why he said all this. I'm going to get into that again. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If, if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? He said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, he said, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. What's Jesus talking about? Heaven. And that's where he is. So you can listen to last week's message online free if you miss that. That's, that's a bit of the who, and as I said, we'll, we'll finish that at the end. The what, when, and where. Who, what, when, where. Those three questions, the what, when, where, are all tied together. I know that they're the questions, at least a couple of them, are the questions that most of you are wondering about right now. We'll get to it. Don't worry. I also believe it's going to, along with what we do every week, fuel your passion a little bit more and more 
for heaven. So we will get to the what, when, and where. You don't want to miss that next week. Why? We're going to jump right to the why. Heaven, here's the biggest reason. Heaven is the world we were made for. This life is just preparation for the eternal one. We talked about that last week and how Jesus is preparing that place for us now. Heaven was, is, is, was, and is being made for us. This world that we live in right now that we love so much and sometimes put roots down way too deep, this world in its present state can never satisfy us. Never. Most people are just thinking, well, that's because I don't have this, and I don't have this, and I don't have this. And you forget that there are a whole bunch of people that have this and this and this. And they're not happy either because they're looking for this and this and this. And there's people that have that. And and they're not happy either because they're looking for something else. This world is not made to satisfy us because it's not the home that we were made for. I'll quote somebody, and you'll probably know who I'm quoting when I say this. If we discover a desire within us that nothing in this world can satisfy, also we should begin to wonder if perhaps we were created for another world. That's what C.S. Lewis said. I'm going to quote C.S. Lewis a lot because he had a lot to say on heaven. He was a, he was a thinker as opposed to us who are stinkers. He was a thinker. <laughs> Um, I read a lot about him even just last night again. And again, I don't agree with everything he said. I don't agree with everything everybody said. I don't agree with everything I say. I'm just, he knew what he was talking about. And how many of you knew that C.S. Lewis was led to the Lord? He was an atheist for a long time. He was led to the Lord by by Tolkien, the guy who wrote, I mean, you look at those two guys. They wrote two of the biggest series in like the history of the universe. And the one led the other one to Jesus. It's just amazing. Anyhow, it has nothing to do with this. Let me say this again. If we discover a desire within us that nothing in this world can satisfy, and every single one of us have discovered desires that we have that nothing in this world can satisfy, and so many people try to satisfy those desires, and they try to do it the wrong way with the wrong things, and it always ends in disaster. If we, do, if we discover that, then we should begin to wonder if perhaps we were created for another world, because we were. You were made for a perfect place. Adam and Eve were set in a perfect environment. It was perfect. I know, guys, you should obviously understand it's perfect. You're in the outdoors, you're in the woods, everything's great. There's one woman, beautiful, created for you, and she's naked. It's like, this is perfect place. And they screwed it up. You were made for a perfect place, but Adam's sin mess that all up. Here's what it says in Romans 5. There's one verse in particular, but I want to set it up so that you see. In in verse 8 it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. And this is so amazing. While we were still sinners. He didn't wait till you got cleaned up and came to him and dressed the right way and talked the, the right way and did the right things. He didn't wait till you behaved before you could belong. He came and he died for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, talked about last week, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. And we'll see what that is in just a second. Verse 10, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his Son, while we were still his enemies, 
Jesus did this, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. If you have come to the point where you've said, I believe I'm a sinner, I I believe Jesus died on a cross for my sins. He paid for my sins with His blood. And I'm going to accept that I get in on His ticket. If that's where you're at, then you have been made friends with God because of Jesus. And then verse 12. When Adam sinned, when he disobeyed God, that first sin, sin entered the world. Imagine, before that happened, we don't know if it was a day, a week, a month, a year. We don't know how long it was before Adam sinned. I have a feeling it was not very long. They were naked in a garden. It wasn't very long because none of that procreation stuff happened until after the sin. And it said when he sinned, sin entered the world. That was the first time. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone. For everyone sinned. Imagine being in that perfect environment and and realizing that had there not been sin, you would have lived forever. In a perfect place that all the needs were met, no sorrow, no, no tears, no pain, no sin, no nothing, except good. And because of sin, when sin entered the world, it brought death. Before sin, there was no death. It was a perfect place. That's what we were created for, a perfect place. But sin screwed that all up. As a result, the wages of sin is death, separation from God, in a place that was not originally planned for you. That's the condemnation part. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew 25. Then he, that's God, the king, will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for who? The devil and his angels. Hell was not made for us. Hell was not made for you or me. It was made for the devil and his angels. God does not send anyone to hell. Now listen carefully to the next thing I say. Hell, by the way, is the default destination because of sin, because of Adam's sin, because we're all sinners, because we have all sinned. The default destination is hell. By default destination, that means what do you have to do to go to hell? Nothing. Heaven is not the default destination. It says, remember, Adam's sin, sin entered the world. His sin brought death. Death spread to everyone because everyone sinned. There are only two kinds of people. Here's here's another quote, sorry. There are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. All that are in hell choose it. You see, God doesn't send anyone to hell. But he respects people's choice because there are only two choices. There's salvation through Jesus and eternity with him in heaven and there is hell. And you say, well, nobody would choose hell. People choose hell every single day because if those are the two choices and you don't choose this, what are you choosing? 
So the why, when I think of the whole answering the question why when it comes to heaven, I immediately think, why in the world not? Why would we not choose that? We not only get heaven, but we get abundant life now. You see, we were created to spend eternity in a perfect heaven with God and with each other. And God placed that desire and that longing into our very core. It says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. That means some things are not beautiful all the time. They're just in their own time. And this is the important part. He has planted eternity in the human heart. I love the imagery of planting eternity in the human heart because it's like a seed. It's not all there yet. It's a seed planted there, and we all get it. We have that longing for something more. And he says, but even so, people can't see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. You can't understand it all. You can get bits and pieces of it. We can get from it what he wants us to get to fuel that passion for what we have wired inside us that this is not all there is. The things we spend our lives on here fade. People who put all their time and effort and energy into houses or cars or things, or all, all that stuff fades. The why, that's what we were made for, eternity. Nothing else will satisfy. As we answer more questions and kind of spark our imaginations as we go, I think the why is going to become a lot more and more fascinating and exciting for us. But for now, that's why we were made for that place. I want to go back to something I said at the beginning that I was going to touch on because they're combined. Um, and I'll answer it more fully by answering the final question, is how? Because the how and the who are obviously related. So in the who, you know, God, that's the Father, you know, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the angels, Jesus be there. Um, the other who, I said, involves everyone who has believed and received Jesus as a sacrifice for their sins. I am not talking about people who are good enough. That's what way too many people think. It's like, are you going to heaven? Well, I hope so. You know, I'm going to wait until I die. And then everything gets weighed in this big balance and we cross our fingers and hope it was good enough. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. The best way I have to kind of show you why that doesn't work and what does work is by a short video clip I'd like you to watch up here. Next. File, please. Mm-hmm. Some lying, some stealing, and some acts of kindness here and there. I tried to live a good life. Well, let's see how good. This way. Next. Bio, please. Okay, I admit it. I did a lot of bad things. Yes, I see. But I've done good things, too, you know, to offset the bad things. Like, one time, I cheated on a test, but then I cleaned up trash in the park. Mm-hmm. That should balance out, right? Let's find out.
This way. That should have balanced out, right? It should have balanced out. Next. Bio, please. Impressive. Oh, yeah. I devoted my entire life to making this world a better place. I dug wells in Africa. I donated blood every month. And I ran an orphanage in India. I mean, I just wish I could have done more. Mm-hmm. And is this your subscription? I only read the articles. I, I only read the articles. I only read the articles. Next. My mom goes to church. I was baptized as a baby? Take American Express, right? Next. File, please. Whoa. Somebody's been busy. Well, let's get this over with. Sorry, um, I didn't know he was with you. Okay, step on the scale. Not you. Him. That's why it's called Grace. Next! I wish everybody in the universe could see that video. It's amazing how many people think that that's how it works. I'm going to wait and see because I was pretty good. Yeah, I did some bad things, but I was pretty good. There is no big line, okay, at the gates of heaven, you know, with St. Peter there looking at the bad stuff and good stuff or whatever. If you think about it, that would be a horrible way to decide our eternal fate. Can you imagine standing on the scale and realizing, oh, you're good. It looks like it's going to outweigh your bad. Oh, I forgot that one time in the third grade on a playground, I called Bob a bad name. And it swung to the other side, and you spend eternity in hell because of that one time on a playground in the third grade. Because it was just offsetting enough. You see, we don't get in on our goodness. We could never be good enough. Heaven is a perfect place. You know what that means? No sin. If there's no sin in heaven, that means not just a little can come in. It means none. And since all of us have sinned, none of us can go there unless we go on Jesus' ticket. That's the bottom line. We get in on Jesus' goodness. It's always been that way, always. All those people I love who know the Lord, when we get to heaven, we're going to have a big party. We're going to be reunited together in heaven with everybody we know who loves the Lord. But I know what some of you are thinking. You know someone, and I'm not sure how I can say this delicately, who may have been a jerk. Don't look at them right now. <laughs> and when you think that they're going to be there, it kind of gives you pause. It's like, well, I don't know. It might not be quite as good if they're there. Remember, when we get to heaven... 
There will be no more sin, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sin. When we see Jesus, our, I'm going to use a big word. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Our sanctification is complete. When you come to Jesus, he begins this process that the theologians call sanctification of making us right. In God's eyes, we already are. But in our eyes, we're not because we screw up all the time. And it's a process for us. But positionally, we are. But one day, we will also practically be for, 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 for completely sanctified, completely made perfect and made whole. So that person that you're worried about seeing there, there's no need to worry about it because God's got it covered. Okay? And if you're still having a hard time imagining heaven... <laughs> with them there, remember, it's a big place, <laughs> okay? Fun fact here. It's very possible that the person that you thought of when I said that is probably thinking the exact same thing about you. I'm just saying. This life, a huge part of this life, is learning to love each other. We're going to spend eternity together, those who know Jesus this family of God. And so we learn to love each other here. This is practice. This is how we figure all that things out. That's why, that's why we're going to talk about this more in the days and weeks to come. That's why small groups are so good. It's a place where you learn to love people. Because if you're in a small group, there will be someone in who's not so lovable. Might be you. Who knows? But there'll be someone in there who's not so lovable. And that's, that's one of the places, the laboratories, where we learn to love each other. So who's going to be in heaven? God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit are going to be in heaven. Angels are going to be in heaven. The church is going to be in heaven. Everybody who's put their faith and trust in Christ is going to be in heaven. All the believers who were believers in God before Jesus came, all those Old Testament believers, see, we look back to the Messiah, to the Savior coming, they looked forward to Him coming. The people in the Old Testament were saved the same way as the people are saved today, by grace through faith in Jesus. But they got saved by looking forward to a Savior. We got saved by looking back to a Savior, but we're saved the same way, by grace through faith. Hebrews 12 says it this way. I like this uh, paraphrase. You have come to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, he's talking about heaven here, and to the gathering, and notice who is going to be there, he says, of countless happy angels, the church, they're happy because angels rejoice whenever someone on earth becomes a follower of Jesus, and there's going to come a time when all the followers of Jesus, is going to be, Jesus are going to be there, and the angels are going to have a, a whoop and party as well. He said all the happy angels are going to be there, the church, the church is going to be there, every believer, composed of all those registered in heaven. And God, obviously we talked about God's going to be there, who is a judge of all, and the spirits of righteous people made perfect. Who is that? Because he already talked about the church and believers. That's the people born before Jesus Christ. People who in faith lived and listened and looked forward to the promise that God had made, one day I'm sending a Savior. That's what they looked forward to. And then it says, of course, Jesus himself. They're all going to be there in heaven. So the how, it's not by being good enough. Only by placing your faith in the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Only by Jesus, the Son of God. That's the only way to heaven. 
He is a sacrifice for our sins, the one who paid the penalty and took the punishment and died so we could believe and receive and turn from our sins and have life through him. So that we could begin now practicing for eternity. So my question is, have you made that choice? Because to not choose is to choose. When you don't, in, in all of life, if you have a choice and you don't make a choice, one will be made for you. In this case, you have a choice. And you can't say, I'm not going to choose because the alternative is not good. Remember, the default destination is not heaven, it's hell. So my question to you is, have you made that choice? If you haven't, today's your day because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. You want to choose that today. And if you have made that choice, then we need to start practicing for eternity. We need to start because we develop our character here. You realize the only thing you bring into heaven with you is your character. And you can start building that now. And you can start practicing what we're going to do there now. So that's the, the, the who, the why, and the how. Next week will be the what, the when, and the where. So don't want to miss next week. Let me, um, let me close in prayer. Father, I know that um, we have many questions about heaven. I know, Father, that uh, many of us have um, expectations or ideas or, or thoughts that are um, far from correct because they've not shaped, been shaped by your word. They've been shaped by Hollywood, by movies, by books, by TV, by other people's so-called experiences. And, and we have all these ideas of heaven. We want to know what your word says about heaven. So, Father, we, we understand a little bit about it. And we want to understand enough to have our passion fueled for it. And if there's anybody listening to this right now that has never made that choice, I pray, Father, that even now, in the quietness of their heart, that they would say, I don't understand it all, but I believe that Jesus came and died for my sin. I know I'm a sinner. And I'm turning from that, and I'm turning to Jesus today. I'm going to trust him and get into heaven on his ticket. And by doing that, we know, Father, that the angels in heaven rejoice that that person becomes a child of God when they receive Jesus, that their eternal destiny is secured, and that they have the opportunity now for abundant life here on earth. Father, we thank you for that. And we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand for the closing song. Gets me excited for it. I'll tell you what. I want all of you in heaven. I want all of you to be there. I want you now practicing loving each other. And I'm letting you out a little bit early so that you can practice today. <laughs> I want all of you living this life with eternity on the front burner of your hearts. Colossians 3 says, Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. One more quote. How many have read Narnia? Chronicles of Narnia. The last one, the last battle... I love this. All their life in this world and all their adventures had only been the cover and the title page. 
Now at last they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, and in which every chapter is better than the one before. That's heaven. This isn't even an introduction here. But it is where we make the choice. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you that as we read, while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of you, while we were still far from you, that you came and lived for us and died for us, paid the price for our sin, so that by believing you and by receiving Jesus as Savior, by trusting you, by turning from our sin and turning to Jesus as, as the Savior, as the author and finisher of our faith, that we could become a child of God, that we could become part of God's family, that we could inherit an eternity with you in heaven and have abundant life here on earth. Father, thank you for that. And again, my prayer is that anybody listening here will listen to, that, to your voice as you tell them, this is the choice you need to make today. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.